Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to another side of the Bright Side with Technicia. Today is July 28, 2016. We're almost through with this month. And children, thank God, I'm so glad they'll be back in school. Yes, I'm going to be doing a mommy dance. And want to check out that Facebook post with uh, Monkey what it, when they were saying this is what the parent moms will be doing when the children go back to school. That's going to be me. <laughs> yes, that will exactly be me on that day. I'm throwing you right up out the house. So make sure that you get plenty of sleep. I tell you, now mine, they want to stay up like 3 or 4 o'clock up in the morning like they're grown and then be tired in the morning. Oh, Mom, I'm tired. Oh, well, get up. Get up. No sleeping in the house. Don't work. You got to get up. Earn your keep. Uh, but today is a gorgeous day here in Georgia. We're supposed to be getting rain, but I'm not sure that, but it's very gorgeous outside today. It sure is, so get out and enjoy the sights if you can. Anyhow, you know how we rock it. I have a wonderful guest on, and you know, the main problem that we actually have, of to, one of the main problems that we have today is just stress. We go around, it's just, it's just so much going on in your life when it comes to bills, your job, children, spouse, you know, and whatever else, death, all that, marriage, all that comes tied in. And sometimes it can, it can be overbearing on us, and we don't know it until actually we're in the hospital, we're not saying it, and everything else is coming amongst us. So you have to take it easy sometimes. You got to look out for yourself. And especially if you're the kind like me that like to look out for everybody else, you got to worry about yourself by the end of the day because that's that's what really matters, your health. But I'm here with a lady that can actually talk about all this where we can get that deep understanding of the human physiology and the human stress response. Her name is Mary Wingo, and she has been a permanent resident in Ecuador for two years. Wow, I would love to go to Ecuador. I sure would. Um, Mary has time to really be able to exemplify and explain to everyone the biological mechanisms behind stress response as well as the staggering cost to society. And she has a wonderful book out called The Impact of the Human Stress Response. And it's a humanitarian work intended to really educate the public worldwide about the true causes and costs of preventable human stress. And this book is so much importance to the general public. It will transform many, many lives. And we are here to really explain that. So we're going to get into explaining about the the causes of stress and learn how to manage it effectively. So if you're willing to join in and get your questions answered, please do so. You, you know the number. It's at 347-426-3751. It's in the, it will also be in the description box. And if you're listening to the replay, hey, make sure you pass this show along to everyone because we want to impact everyone's life today. Mary, thank you so much for being here, taking out your time to inform us on this map on this serious issue that we have today. 
Thank you for the wonderful, wonderful, warm welcome, uh, Tignesha. Thank you. It's good to be here. It sure is. It's wonderful. And I don't feel any stress, but at certain times, I do have that stress. And that's what you're here to tell us about, Mary, how to really understand that most social issue of our time, that uncontrolled stress of our modern life. Um, I guess let's, let's really get into it. What? What is stress? What's the main causes of stress, Mary? Well, you've got actually uh, two answers to that question that, that I can give. The, um, the, first of all, what is stress? What exactly is stress? Well, let, let me tell you something. Um, even though we all sort of kind of know what it is, um, the definition has not been forthcoming um, very is this, until recently, actually. Um, you know, many, many, many investigators, uh, brilliant thinkers of the last, oh gosh, hundred, hundred and twenty-five years. Um, yeah, since the Industrial Revolution, actually, have looked at this phenomenon of stress in organisms, and they can describe these uh, this set of symptoms, this, this syndrome, but but a, 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 an actual definition was very difficult. Well, um, we were able to finally come up with a definition for this book, and the definition is this: stress, stress is the rate of adjustment you undergo in order to adapt to whatever environment you happen to find yourself in at the time. So you've got two two powerful aspects. When we look at stress, we're looking at the human. If you know, we're I mean, this is all organisms actually, but but we're going to be talking about humans today. And then you actually have the environmental component. So this changes a little bit because um, how what what the attitudes of stress are is that it's basically an individual. Uh, it's an individual phenomenon that we have to deal with personally. Um, um, our doctors aren't very well trained in this, and and no one really understands this. But what I'm saying is, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we can do for ourselves, but. We have this little pesky thing called the environment um, that we have to uh, uh, worry about. We have to think about. Um, so yeah, um, there's some. Um, well, number one, do you, do you have any questions so far? Does that is, is that clear? Am I getting too geeky? No, you're not getting too geeky at all. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's okay, great. Because, so great. Um, I guess my next question. I guess my next question would be this, Mary. What are some like the top stresses in the lives of of the average person? Well, okay, in modernized society, you, you understand now. I, I live, I live in Ecuador, um, which is a great country. It's like probably the best decision I ever made um, to to come down here to live. But I really living down here really opened my eyes um, about like what the social aspect and the environmental aspect of stress is. And so the stressors here aren't quite the same as the stressors we have in um, the modern world. In fact, there's, from my observation, much less stress in general. Um, and so it, it came to me, oh, that there's something about modern life, and this has been something that has been discussed many times, that is causing this explosion of stress-related illness, of stress-related disability, okay, so people are, like, losing the breadwinners of their family, and early death in our society. And, and there's, like, a, there's, five, there's five major causes um, that um, um, 
that you know I, I was able to to compile after doing this for about 20 years and and here they are the the first one is complexity and when i mean that i mean actually I'm referring to our frontal lobes. I'm referring to loss of working memory, which means we tax our cognitive resources, our problem-solving ability. We multitask. We overschedule. Um, you know, we're constantly messing with our gadgets. We're constantly we we have our eyes affixed to some gadget, whether it's TV, whether it's whether it's our tablet, whether it's our computer. And what I'm saying is that there's a, a huge amount of cost that's associated with this. Um, and this is causing many, many problems in our society. And it's one of the causes of stress that is most under our control um, to, uh, to attenuate, to mitigate, to lessen. So that's number one. Um, number two is sort of kind of, you know, sort of is, is sort of in the semi-same group as number one, is loss of social equality. Boy, uh, we know all about that, don't we? Um, loss of social equality. So when you have a hierarchical system in which um, there are the fat cats at the top are taking up all the resource, um, it causes as a group, okay, as, as a, you know, a herd, okay, people to have, um, you know, a, a, a stress response. And again, this is very hard on men, especially African American men in the U.S. Um, you know, being at the bottom of the totem pole, um, you know, causes you to become more vulnerable to to the to the the curveballs that life throws you. Um, um, you know, you're when you're at the top, when you're sort of like you know, when you're the fat cat at the top. For many of the stressors in life, you can hire people to take care of. I mean, there's some things you can't, but, but most things, you know, you can buy your way out of it, you know, having to experience just well, when you're the guy at the bottom. No, you're, you're basically on the front lines of life. Um, I mean, you know, you've got the worst jobs, the worst schedules, the worst pay, the worst access to anything um, that might make your life slightly more comfortable. And so, uh, and this is true in any society. This isn't just um, American society. This is true in any society. So that's a very interesting um, finding. Number three is, is kind of similar, um, is loss of social capital. That's loss of social network. Um, and in the U.S., um, this, the, the loss of participation in various social, religious, political groups, um, et cetera, et cetera, has fallen precipitously uh, since the Industrial Revolution. And so this, this um, has made us uh, very, very vulnerable and weak um, as far as being able um, to be resistant to stress. Again, um, when you're, you've got a group of people protecting you, um, you're a lot less vulnerable to the ravages of the environment than when you're just all by yourself and trying to do everything by yourself. So, so th those three sort of kind of go together. Now, the fourth kind of different. The fourth is um, derangement or depletion of the human biome. And so that refers to the critters, the, the microorganisms that we have in our gut uh, on our on our skin and in all of our orifices and and the reason you know and, and I know you're probably familiar where it's not very good to have a deranged biome but the reason why it's not good is that these critters collectively do a lot of signaling um, within us 
and um, they are functional extensions of our organs. So functional extensions of our digestive system, immune system, uh, endocrine system, uh, for instance, they signal uh, growth. Um, um, so uh, it, it's really a, a quite a toxic stressor um, to have organisms that we evolved with over millions of years depleted or deranged um, because of our lifestyle. And number five, this is sort of, again, somewhat in the same group, is just chemical stress in general. So, um, you know, this includes, you know, it's, it's ultimately chemical stress that messes up our, uh, the, our friendly critters that we have that have evolved with us. But, you know, this also includes, um, you know, ingestion of antibiotics, processed food. Um, you know, we have a voluntary part. Um, you know, this is the part, you know, where we have uh, the, the, our personal hygiene products, cleaning products, the so various chemicals we use at our work and in our house that really may not have been available 50, 100 years ago. So these are novel compounds, and we don't have the metabolic machinery to break this down. So what do we get? We get a stress response. And then the involuntary, which is the most shocking, is the pollution in the earth, soil, um, and water um, that results in a huge amount of casualties every year. So those are the five major causes of stress in our in modernized society in general. Right, and I was just thinking of the last one where you said about the chemical imbalance. There's a lot that goes on, especially with us women. We have so much going on. We have to be careful what we use, and and and, and just that's going right. Deeper, as you, as you said, like especially in our genital area, we're not even supposed to be doing a lot of things like washing with soap, doing nope, taking the dishes that's, that's, and everything because that means no, no. your chemical balance. I tell I tell my daughters now because see my mother wasn't educated on that, but as I got older, I started learning. Also, I learned when I went to the Atlanta's Women's Expo this year, a lady was telling me about orgasm. And people was like, ooh, but not in that way. Orgasms help the chemical balance also. So you guys might be a little jealous because we're capable <laughs> of having, we women are capable, when I did my research, we're capable of having 11 different types of orgasms regardless if you're having <laughs> sex with us or not. So you <laughs> Well, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> something that you, you learn every day. I didn't know either. But you know it helps you to sleep better. It really um well, enhance that sense of um your sense of smell, but it also helps with your chemical balance and that's why in a way we should have those cuz you know, and and like you said it causes so much stress and you don't understand why you're up under stress because something is off in your body. So these are great pointers that you actually made, Mary. They are great notes to be taken, ladies and jets, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and, and what I wanted to do, um, you know, what I want to do uh, um, is, is basically give – you know, Joe Average, the vocabulary. We we arrogant. We um, scientists are an arrogant bunch, um, and it's quite embarrassing mm. um, because nobody can understand what we're talking about. And um, I, I remember, uh, you know, being just a young graduate student um, many years ago, and uh, <laughs> like. Why? Why can't these people talk straight? You know, why can't why can't they talk normal? Because 
the fundamental processes they were describing weren't all that complex, but when you put it with all the lingo ease, it's very, very difficult. And and that's what I realized um, looking at this, this. This has taken a very long time to really get my head around because this is so complex. Do you, how do you want to look at stress? You want to look at it on the uh, the molecular level, on the cellular level. You want to look at it on the on the more uh, gross physiological level, like say how your sympathetic nervous system works, uh, auto your other uh, branch of your autonomic nervous system, parasympathetic central nervous system. Do you want to look at this kind of go in the black box and look at this from a psycholo- psychological aspect, emotional aspect? You want to look at it on a community, uh, on a family. Um, level on political, social, economic level. H- how do you want to look at this? The reason why the public has not been able to have this vocabulary before is because this field is probably more complex than quantum mechanics. And for me personally, it has personally taken me this long. And things were getting so bad because um, of the political and economic instability worldwide, but especially I'm looking at my home country. Um, and no, nobody else was writing um, this material down. And there's a lot of experts. There's brilliant thinkers, but nobody else was putting it together in one big narrative that people can actually digest and understand. I want people to have vocabulary because this is their lives. You know, I mean, there's no reason that you know. Before I moved here to Ecuador, it's like I was going to a funeral every couple months. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just after, I don't know, like a dozen funerals in a couple years, I'm thinking, man, there's something really wrong going on with our society because a lot of these deaths were um, premature deaths, Um, deaths of people in their 50s, 40s, 60s. Um, and they weren't necessarily ripe old ages. And and I'm just kind of looking at this, what is going on? And, um, yeah, this is what's going on. And that can cause stress, too, all those funerals. That could be a, that could be a big impact. Well, that's yeah, it, but this, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with in our society. We're dealing with an explosion of stress-related illness, um, disability associated with this, and premature death. And no, this is, um, and you know, again, when you look at history at, at, at other um, um, civilizations that have gone, well, this hasn't really exactly happened like this in history before, but similar types of events, um, it, it is always, it's a, it's a very hard time in that society's history because, you know, it's um, a very turbulent time where um, families are losing their breadwinners and um, uh, especially in the U.S. system, just the way the healthcare system is falling apart, you know, you could lose everything that you worked for all your life within a few weeks of having a preventable illness. So um, I, I wanted, I see a humanitarian crisis in front of me, and I wanted a vocabulary. I wanted to put this, word this in a way that wasn't for other geeks, other academics. I wanted it for Joe Average. Um, so Joe Average can actually have some vocabulary and maybe even some uh, healthcare providers too can actually have some vocabulary um, in order to do something about this.
Hello. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. I thought I had I thought I had my speaker on. I was agreeing with you and you couldn't hear <laughs> okay. me. But I was I was agreeing with you on that and I hope somebody gets a handle on this. These are big things to really think about and and we don't think about this. This is a this is a death silence. It's a it's a silent killer really. You know, stress sneaks up on you and you don't even know it. And and that's why, you know, um you know, we was um one of my coworkers we were talking about that on the job too. Stress can cause your face. You wonder why sometimes you have acne going through chest pains and everything, stress, worrying about the little slightest things. That's why I try to calm myself, meditation, yoga, getting a peaceful state of mind is so helpful with those encounterments that we have to struggle with every single day. But, Mary, just speaking on society in general, what, what, why has the modern society seen such an explosion in stress-related illness and early death? Well, because... Again, for these five reasons um, that I went over, um, this is yes. part of how we evolved um, throughout history. Um, you know, okay, well, for, okay, well, for instance, how the stress response, the, the mechanism works, and, and again, there's a lot of mechanisms. We can't say that it's all just cortisol and adrenaline. I mean, there is a cascade of multiple parallel um, mechanisms um, that get activated during the stress response. And, um, you know, one one thing to, you know, keep in mind is that stress is additive, okay? So this is one thing that a lot of um, – a lot of people are just do not get and they need to get is that okay for instance if you and and this isn't always negative for instance if you get married um and then uh lose your job and then move place you know move to a, another residence and then you have a stressful job on top of that and say this all happens within a short period of time or it's all um simultaneous okay this is where stress kind of um, uh, loses um, its its worth, um, you know. For for instance, because because um, we are only designed to be under stress sporadically. Okay, we're not meant to have all these little nitpicky. Well, some of them are small. Some of them are. Um, are uh, you know quite uh, you know like like the political instability that we have uh, in our country right now. You know a lot of people are very very worried. Um, but the thing is, is you have to in order to manage stress, you have to not let them just stack up one on top of the other. You have to learn how to mitigate. And and basically, how, how do you do that? How, how do you do that? Well, how do you how you do that? So I've got a framework in my book. And it's very, very simple. There's, it's not rocket science at all. But if you're sort of, if if you're hitting rock bottom um, because of stress, and a lot of people are kind of sort of hanging on their last, um, the you know, end of their rope uh, in the U.S. Um, um, it's it's life is pretty intolerable for a lot of folks um, for many reasons. Um, you have to lessen stress in some other part of your life. And you have to to make an inventory like you would a food diary if you're going on a diet or a budget if you're going on a money diet. You have to, with the knowledge that you have with the five 
major sources of stress, just go through and make a list, okay? And it might take several weeks and maybe the help of your friends and family to fully complete this list. And then you can start weeding it out. You can start, okay, you know, out with the smartphone, out with multitasking, you know, out with this, out with that, you know, out with the processed food. You know, you could just make a list and you will find that the quality of your life and definitely your health improve dramatically in a short period of time. It does, and we have to learn to just take things one day at a time and see. I think the problem with most people, they're present in that moment. They're being attentive to what is going on around them, and and it's not always necessary to respond immediately to a crisis or to a situation, you know. And dealing with what I said with kids, they are the sometimes they can be the biggest stress reliever. I know the fact that I got twingers at ten years of age, Mary, and <laughs> they can get they can drive you up the wall, you know. And at that point, you ask yourself, like, how do I handle that situation? You know, do I do I scream or shout? Sometimes I have to go in my room and count up to a certain number and just relieve myself because I don't want to react right then and there because. That could just be like, oh, let me see. Now, that comes to the point where I have to actually navigate, like you said, navigate my stress effectively, you know. So mm, those are big things, and we deal with all this pressure all the time in real time, real life. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just. I don't know how we deal and, with and, it. And, and consider this, too. The number one stressor in our society is relational stress, is stress between people. It's not sitting in traffic, you know, it's not digging, in, you know, although this is, could be very physically stressful, it's not like, you know, digging a ditch for eight hours, uh, you know, uh, you know, in the hot sun. That's a different type of stressor. But for the average person, it's going to be problems because with, within the relational context between humans. And this is where empathy, um, I also talk about this in my book. I believe that empathy um, basically holds civilization together. And we've also, we've lost a lot of empathy in our society. Don't, don't you agree? I do. No one has compassion anymore. Well, but you know what the weird thing is? Coming down to Ecuador... You know, I thought it was a bit dog eat dog, um, you know, in in, uh, in my home country, and uh, I come down here to Ecuador, and um, one one thing that's really really obvious, if you do any level, I've I've done quite a bit of integration in society uh, here. You know, I speak Spanish and live in an Ecuadorian neighborhood, and eat at all the you know Ecuadorian restaurants, shop in them. Um, very, very ample farmer's markets. Oh, my God, you would love it. And um, one thing I have, and I've got many Ecuadorian friends, and um, one thing I have uh, I've noticed, there's a lot more empathy in this society, a lot more compassion just in general. Um, you just, um, it, it's considered very poor form to yell at each other, for instance. And we, we yell at each other all the time and you know, throw the finger, you know, use the F-bomb. And you don't, you just don't. It's it's a very polite society, you know. It's a very oh, very see, I high. Live, I need to live. Oh, I need to live there because here we I know, all I know. day. You're like, oh my god, 
sound like you're on a cart on an animated cartoon or something. We, we holler, we scream. Yeah. Oh, I need to move there immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, people don't lose their temper. Uh, I mean, and it's not considered something. Again, it's not considered a sign of being macho. It's considered sort of a sign of low class. And so, yeah, um, uh, you go into the hospitals, um, which are big part of them are like socialists, you know, low cost or free, you know, and then you also have the fancy private hospitals and you go into these clinics, you know, they, they have, there's like little clinics and neighborhoods they're, you know, low cost free. Um, and there's like hardly anybody ever waiting. I mean, it's basically like they're waiting for you. Um, you just like go right in most of the time and people just aren't as sick here. I mean, this stuff is low cost or free, so it's not like people can't afford it, like in the States. It's just you just don't, people just aren't as sick. They just don't need the services that we do. Right. Now, now, Mary, let's get into your book because this apparently, this is a great book for anyone to have on their shelves. Um, this is another one you can add to your shelves. I always suggest my guest books, and this is another one that we're going to add to the list. The book is called The Impact of the Human Stress Response. So, Mary, what makes your book, The Impact of the Human Stress Response, different than any other self-help books out there on the market that maybe pertain to the same subject? Oh, wow. There's uh, there's many, many books um, about uh, stress management that have been written and and a lot of them come from a very very good place but again there was there's been a limited understanding in the scientific realm what the true impact is i mean you know a lot of these books are just on psychological interpersonal they're not looking at stress when you're living in an unequal society you know, they're they're not looking at that. They're just looking at, okay, well, I'm having conflict with my loved ones, which is a very, that's a very, you know, a very um, important, um, you know, that's part of the social capital, um, um, you know, protective part of stress, you know, is, is having social capital. But people aren't looking at, well, it might be, um, in fact, <laughs> I've taken, you know, antibiotics, you know, 27 times in my life. And, uh, you know, I eat uh, processed food um, that comes from a plastic bag every day because I just don't have time or money to, uh, you know, actually eat real food. Um, you know, again, you know, the you, they're not looking at the whole picture. And so it's go, it goes more than just self-help. Yeah, it's got self-help, but it's also a science. Uh, overview of a very complex science process um, that kind of kind of puts human adaptation because stress is just human adaptation. It's how we adapt to our environment. That's the mechanism. It's not good or bad. It's just like a mechanism. It's like having a biological credit card with a credit limit. Um, and and to see it as such, and to not abuse these mechanisms, can really turn our society run very quickly. And the reason why I want to say this is that stress is probably costing the world, okay, somewhere between 5 and 10 or 10 plus trillion, trillion with a T. And the, the output, the, the, the gross domestic output worldwide is only, I, I, think it's, I think it's around 70 trillion. So do the math. I mean, we're talking 
minimum 10%, you know, more or less of our output, you know, economic output is consumed by preventable stress. No wonder why it's bankrupting us. I agree. Now, I'm going to definitely have to agree with you on that. I mean, it's no surprise that uh, Americans today are some, we are the most stressed out people. That's why I say I need to move to Ecuador. But this comes as a surprise. This may come as a surprise to some now, just to know just how fragile that our economic and political systems have been made by exposure to preventable stress. I mean, this this is this is very true. I think stress is the true cause. That's why we we going through so much. I think um. I think I did a I read a report. It was around. I read somewhere where it said um, in 2011, the World Health Organization, they issued a report estimating about the global cost of mental illness for 2010 at nearly $2.5 trillion, with a projected increase to over $6 trillion by 2030. Oh, 2030, yes, yes. That's, that's I, I have this exact, yeah, I have this in my book. I have this in my, my book. And you know what? You know what? We didn't have this level of mental illness. In history, this this is a modern phenomenon, and I mean you can see, it, mental illness is a problem with a, a with a your stress response. Okay, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a on a limb here. You know, you have the ICD nine or ten. I think it's ICD ten, which is the diagnostic code. You know, you have all the the different types of of mental maladies. You know, mental illness. But ultimately, what it all comes down to is a maladaptive response to stress. You don't have people who are mentally ill that are happy. I mean, you have a stress response, these people, and for whatever reason, they're not able to resolve this stress. Maybe maybe it's their home life. Maybe the home life is stressful. Maybe, um, you know, there are other factors um, that are, are causing this stress. But for whatever reason, they can't mitigate it. And... The, one of one of the scary things. Remember, I talked about loss of working memory. That was my very first cause. When you tax your brain, your cognitive resources. I mean, this is why you need to be lazy sometimes and not do nothing, not do anything. When you t- overtax your cognitive resources, that's your frontal lobe. Okay. Now, a little bit's okay. We're we're meant to have challenges in life. You know, um, that that's part of life. That that's how we're designed. And so, yeah, the the frontal lobe's great for solving problems. And the frontal lobes are our most our our greatest stress response organ. Because we can sit there, we can solve problems in life, we can change the environment, you know, we can connive plans, you know, to get out of, you know, whatever this stressful situation is into something less stressful. And then we can also control our emotions. But when you have your cortisol levels high for very long periods of time, it activates a second set of receptors and it just causes everything to shut down. This is where mental illness comes from. Mhm. And mm-hmm. this is not the problem. To, this is not what we was going through decades and decades ago. I think all this food, what we eating, all these products. I mean, we got to look at everything. A government, all this stuff is being controlled. Yeah, I know. It's, it's I know. A hold on it, right? Yeah. And you know what? That, that's something. You know, me and Mary, we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about this. We're not gonna go too deep into it because 
you know, people actually listen to things out here, you know. People get attacked for saying certain things, especially when it comes to media. But we know the truth behind all this stuff that's going down out here. People better be so, we better be watchful of everything. Don't just worry about American history. You better be studying your own history. But we're going to come back with Mary. We're going to get more deeper into her book. So I don't want you to get stressed out. And don't don't you start blocking out this show. You stay tuned, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk. Blog Talk Radio, baby. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouth full, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. All right, we're back with Mary Wingo, and we're here talking about the things that could keep us under stress and Stress is the silent killer, as we said. It's time for society to really open our eyes to this unsustainable social, economic, and political cause that really got us up under the up under the wing here. And and we was talking in about Mary's book, the impact of the human stress response, and certain things that you'll find in the book, like we're we're basically talking about, like the cause of stress and learn how to manage it effectively the fascinating biology of human stress. And what's so interesting, Mary, is that your book, it's been through the threshold here. It's been through 18 edits with three editors, four designers, and four professional (laughs) consultants before it actually made it on the market just so it can be readable to the non-scientific community because I'm probably one of them, too. Sometimes yeah, I'll be in my dictionary. I'll be like, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me look up that word right quick. Let me look up that word. And then you know how you look. You start looking up the word. You be like, oh, now I got to read the whole sentence over because now I got to put the whole – I got to put this word back into the context. So your book has been through it all, but it's now here. Yeah, I it's – um it was uh, – I, I actually didn't want to write it. <laughs> I actually well, – I, I, I actually what made because you, I knew what made you actually oh, I, I, um get through it. Well, okay, it, it had always been in the back of my mind. I mean, for many years, because again, you know, it, you have to understand the the human, you know, adaptive, you know, stress response is sort of a mysterious. It's kind of sort of like a weird black hole in science. Um, I mean, you know, you've got all this data. You've probably got 100,000 plus papers written over the last, what, four, five, six plus decades. 
you know, looking at, well, you know, the mechanism does this or the social aspect of that or, um, you know, childhood trauma results in this. And, and you know, it, it, if you ask any long-term stress researcher, they will, they will say one, one day, one day the public's going to really understand what, what we're doing. But again, the vocabulary, the fractured, you know, level of uh, of investigation, because, you know, molecular biologists don't speak the same language as physiologists, for instance. And so you've got biologists working on this that don't even know how to talk to each other. And so I, I swore, I swore, like if I was going to ever write this book that I really didn't want to write because I knew I knew it was going to make me loopy. Um, I, I knew it was going to make me a little crazy, but uh it was just getting so bad uh, and nobody else was coming up with this. And, and there really needs some, to be some public policy action on this. Um, I, I figured I, I just had to do it. It just had to be done. I, it couldn't be put off anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't shove it on somebody else to do it. I just had to do it myself. Well, I'm glad you took the initiative to go ahead and do it because it's the same yeah, this is things that we need to know. So I'm glad that you didn't back down, even though it took it took a lot of hesitation, took a lot of editing to really get it on out here. But you you pushed through, and as my affirmation I always say, resistance just makes me stronger. It was a resistance, and you push and you push through that resistance. So I'm I'm glad it's here. As I said, we need to make sure that we have this book on our shelves. Um. So do the um. Let me ask this one because we talked about a lot about Ecuador and according to the U.S. What what do the politics in in U.S. and Europe have to do with with the stress of the ordinary person for someone who's inquiring about that? Well, um, it's well, I tell you what. Basically, um, I mean, when you really really look at at it, it, the politics affects all of those five reasons. I mean, I mean, if you really want to get nitpicky. But, but primarily, it's going to affect social equality or inequality, the, the state of equality with, uh, of the citizens within the community. And it's going to very much affect social capital because the way we have structured our societies, um, we, um, it, it's basically we've, we've been encouraged um, – to live our lives as such that it splits uh, family and social groups apart. Like, for instance, you know, you, you go to school, you know, you come out trained, and there's no job in your area, so you have to, like, take your money, you know, take your family, or if you even have any, and move halfway across the U.S., for instance. Well, this is a new phenomenon, and this type of phenomenon of, you know, having to move, you know, relocate, uh, go, you know, out of state for um, school, for this, for that, and to rip apart communities, um, it, it, this, is, this is a new phenomenon. Usually um, when people were born into a community, they stayed there. I mean, you, you didn't move, you know, the multiple times that the average person moves now. Um, you didn't have, I think the average person keeps a job for three years, and, and it's usually not the person's fault. You know, the company goes under or, you know, there's just limited up, uh, up, um, you know, ups, um, upside, you know, to that. So you have to switch again. And just this constant switching around um, that has been promoted by our government is progress. Um, 
is causing a lot of this. Um, and, you know, you combine that, again, with the social inequality um, and, you know, really um, devastating um, economic circumstances, and uh, you're pretty much ripe for a revolution. Um, revolutions aren't caused by happy, content people. They're caused by people um, who have collectively, they're in a very profound stress response. This is why it happens over and over and over in history. And um, they're fighting for their life because when you're looking at, you know, um, loss of lifespan, um, you know, loss of, you know, the ability to care for your family, um, uh, people are fighting for their life. I mean, really, during a revolution, people are fighting for their life because how it is, is just they, they can't take it anymore. They can't live and actualize as normal human beings in the current environment. And then that's what we're looking at. Exactly. I mean, it it is it's so it's so much more when you really uncover it and just understanding that stress is not just some abstract construct. It's the way we adapt it. It's how humans can adjust themselves to thrive in this particular environment and with it it comes these costs. We um, we we need our biological stress mechanism to drive and successfully adapt in life. I mean, and it even comes. We probably wouldn't even survive the stress of being born without our stress response. That's how. Now, this is how really this is how really deep it actually is. And and just speaking on the fact where you mentioned about the job, you know, we bring some of my coworkers always bring that up about the fact because I work for Marriott and one of Mr. Marriott's quotes were, if you treat, well, I can't think of a verbatim, but if you treat the employees right, then, of course, they're always going to treat the guests right. And it starts with the employees. If your employees are unhappy, then that means the guests are going to be unhappy because how you expect us to be motivated to get out there on the floor to serve the guests and keep going if you're not motivating us whatsoever. And and I guess that brings that to that um into the subject. Does does really having stressed out employees make a business unprofitable to you, Mary, or it really <clears throat> or it really doesn't matter? Well, this is something for the bean counters at the top who really don't care um about, you know, the, the human condition. Um we have a lot of those, don't we? Um but here's something, you know, I will I will appeal to the folks at the top um, that are wanting to make a profit, okay? And and this is this is just in the U.S. and this is probably that these are old numbers because there hasn't been any um, updated assessments, but it's minimum three hundred billion dollars lost in productivity, um, medical costs, uh, employee absenteeism, you know, that kind of thing. This is what it's costing. I mean, you're talking just from, let's see, just from, uh, just from workplace stress, just workplace stress alone. You're talking, there's probably a loss of 3 or 4% off the U.S.'s GDP just from that. We're not talking any of the other stressors. We're just talking about y- your place of employment. And so, and this is absolutely true, you know, in my case. I mean, it's, it's probably what 
what drove me um, to be a small business person, get out of academia and science in general and become a small business person because of the working conditions. Um, and they were just degrading, you know, becoming more and more, um, more and more um, uh, dilapidated. So uh, absolutely. I mean, and so it's not all, I, I'm not even going to come, you know, appeal to the bean counters at the top for compassion. We know we're not going to get that. But I'm going to say, hey, you want to run a profitable business, um, you've got to really handle your human resource very carefully. And it's not expensive. I mean, we're not talking, you know, we're not talking implementing programs um, that, you know, bankrupt a, you know, a, a, a an institution or a company. We're We're talking about Real basic changes, um, you know, just basic like management changes that could yield a huge amount of profit and may, maybe even in these uncertain, uncertain economic times even save the business from uh, ruin. Mm-hmm. But um, you know what? I was, I was kind of – pondering on that a little bit, you know, if you got unhappy people working for you, then it probably wouldn't be profitable. But I was thinking of something like so major as Mr. Marriott. By being so many Marriott's around this country, I couldn't possibly see that a few people could actually stop it from being profitable. Now, it'll probably have to be the whole crew because when I go to work, I know I'm, I'm very cheerful all the time. But Stress can really cause people to lash out and not want to work. And we get that sometimes from our coworkers, lash out. I don't want to feel like serving today. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And then it goes on to something else, and that becomes a a big problem. Um, And just thinking about, like you said, this, this happened so many years ago. This is built on um, things that we have been um, traumatized by for the fact, even with the wars, I'm gonna have to say World War One and all all these other wars that have happened in history. You know, I don't think that even the corrupt world leaders or whoever started these wars were they weren't the only ones that um, got us into this severe economic crisis. The fact that the people themselves, ourselves included, were just too stressed out. We weren't lazy, but just stressed out to collectively probably to put up a good defense and resist the destruction. You know, I'm sure we could have resist all that chaos. We wouldn't be where we are today. We oh, drowned. my gosh. We, we, uh, we, yes. we are actually drowning in this horrific stress of modern society. And yes. we, we just have no clue of what really is hitting us or what has hit us. Yeah, I mean, this is stuff that, like, advice your grandmother gave you, you know. I mean, here your grandmother knew best, but she didn't have the vocabulary. She just kind of knew. But I just want people to have the vocabulary because, you know, seriously, um, if we don't get a hold especially of mental illness, okay, and, oh, oh well, I'm just going to go ahead and put in a work stress and if if we don't get a hold of um the stress caused by loss of social capital and inequality um i mean i mean this is and again i can always be wrong but the trajectory i'm seeing is that the 
well, the modernized family, especially in the U.S., uh, does not have a good future. I mean, we're, we're, we're not looking at prosperous, happy families in general. We're looking at families in decline um, where, you oh. know uh, – you know, where, where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that, the elders, the elders are, you know, living extended periods, um, you know, in incapacitated, you know, again, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of the, the, the stress of, of old age is due, you know, to years and years of stress, you know, exposure, many, many avenues of stress exposure. And then on top of that, you've got, you know, because lack of economic opportunity, you don't have the, the kids getting married and forming families. So we're not looking, and, and and this is true, by the way, with African American. Um, this isn't just um, for the uh, Caucasian. Um, the African American community is also um, facing this, and and also are are also in decline as well. And and this is totally preventable. I mean, this this is crazy. It's totally preventable. And I just I just I want people to be able to empower themselves. Um, with this and be able to resist but we are we're drowning I mean what you know what somewhere what between 50 and 70 million people are on um, a psychotropic um, a prescription drug in order to, to deal with some sort of mental illness uh, reaction to stress uh, et cetera, et cetera. and um, you know honestly these aren't long term solutions and we are drowning and Again, the future does not look particularly rosy unless we get a hold of this, like right now. Yeah, exactly. And 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 we definitely probably don't. Oh man, getting into the just talking about the the drug situation. I'm telling you, this subject it could probably go on for hours and hours because it really is. <laughs> And it, 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 it probably stressing most of you out right now. That's why I'm gonna go in my corner, make sure I do some meditation or something because <laughs> this is a deep subject, and we we haven't even been really looking at the outcome of it all. And like you said, with the drugs and everything, boy, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's um. And I did, I and and especially for the African American community, because man, I tell you well, what, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, you, and, you guys, you guys are Mary, exposed you, big time, big time. Yeah, we, we we are, and, and and you know, so many people out here they need the medication just to just to cope with life in general. But we gotta ask this: Are we even capable of resisting the corruption infecting our society? Do we actually have that energy to complete effective acts of disobedience necessary to save democracy? That's a really good question. I tell you what, that's probably the question of the century. I mean, I mean seriously. Wow. I mean, I mean a lot of people don't think of this and I know it's probably going to ruffle some feathers, but these are some real honest questions that we have. Because I tell you what, living down here, Ecuadorians have been through everything. They've been through like 75 presidents, and you know, since 1838, they've been through like 10 constit or no, 20 constitutions, 10 banking holidays, you know, currency changeovers, and so they've been through it. And so they've got the civil disobedience gene, to where 
they don't even i mean little 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 old grandmas your little kids won't even hesitate to get out and protest i mean it'll be the whole family you know from babies to like you know elders you know in their 80s will come out and protest and they'll protest over anything i mean they'll protest you know over you know uh, city construction work not getting done fast enough and guess what it gets done and so but then again you don't have near the stress-related illness. You don't have very many Ecuadorians needing um, to rely on Prozac or Xanax. Or, um, you, and the kids, almost none of the kids are medicated. I mean, a- ADD is, is just not, it's not what they consider a problem here. You, you just don't have, um, you know, the level, the number of distressed, mentally ill children that we have in the mm-hmm. States. And so they've got the energy. I mean, you know, they're they're they've got you know usually better you know baseline of mental health, and and they've got the social capital. They've got huge amount of solidarity. Solidarity. This, uh, for instance, this um, um, earthquake, massive earthquake we had a few months ago. I, I couldn't believe the response. The response was nothing that I had ever seen in the U.S. I looked at what happened. I remember what happened with Hurricane Katrina. And how that was just a disaster. Well, this was much, much larger than Hurricane Katrina. And it was just like clockwork. I mean, and it was solidarity. And the Ecuadorians stuck together. And this is what really got me worried about our society. And, you know, we we can. We can change this. But we need to do this, like, right now. Right. We need to get a hands-on it because... It's going to be so much destruction out here if we don't. But, Mary, before we get off the air, let's get some information on how we can find out more about your book, where we could purchase it, if we want to get in touch with you as well. Yes. they. Everybody come peruse my site at Mary. Wingo.com. You can buy my book there. You can also get my book on Amazon and paperback um, version as well. But even um, more important, um, I can offer to businesses that have problems with work, workplace stress, I can offer um, consulting. Uh, and this is on a very limited basis. This is very, very limited. And if people need help with some coaching, um, on, you know, you know, getting like, say, you know, helping um, like with help with, uh, for instance, uh, itemizing all their stresses and kind of getting all this together uh, for them. I'm available on a limited basis as well. I don't have a lot of time. I'm busy most of the time, but I am available on a limited basis to help people individually. Oh, man. I need to make sure my job gets that information because there are some who will be needing this. But, Mary, I thank you so much, like I said, for taking out your time to be here with us. Um, this is my pleasure. Information. Thank you. And please make sure, like she said, please pick up her book. Go to her website and also check out Amazon. This is a great book for a Christmas gift or any time of the day or year to have this on your bookshelf. And before I leave you, I need to leave you with this truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen. Establish endless peace in your soul by empowering yourself to respond rather than react in troubling situations. Bam! When you react to a stressful <laughs> situation, a feeling of heaviness manifests in your physical self. When you respond rather than react, you are choosing to turn turmoil around. 
This choice helps you to inwardly direct attention to balance yourself and restore your peace. To clear negative energy, first ground yourself. Yourself. Take a deep meditative breath as you allow yourself to balance. Know that situations which seemed hopeless when viewed with fear become manageable when viewed through a loving perspective. Today respond, leaving you peaceful rather than reacting to any challenges that are facing you. Enjoy the day and so help me. All I do, because she said I can use her quotes, I read this and it was just on time perfect for the show that was based on stress. So I love it. Everyone has a blissful day today. Don't let anyone stress you out. If they do, breathe in and breathe out and go in a quiet corner and do a little meditation and tell them, hey, I just need some moment time to myself. It always works. It works for me. I know it can work for you. But I'll see you the next time on the Bright Side with Technicia. God bless, and I love you. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 